Hello, everybody. This is Opposing the Matrix. You uh, have Dave, Eric, and Jim, and it's 5-11-20, the 5th, or excuse me, the 11th of May, 2020, and this is approximately a little late, uh, 6.37 p.m. here, uh, let's see, 9.37 p.m. at Jim's, and uh, what, eight years, Eric? What's that? 8.37 Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. I, sometimes I get a little mixed up on the times. I'm glad nobody lives in Arizona because those people don't know how to, you know, they uh, they never change their times. So I don't know if it's smarter or if they just don't know how to do it. <laughs> so they don't do it. But um, don't mean to insult you if you're listening from Arizona. But uh, I have a running joke with Ralph Everson about that. He, he, he tends to think that uh, we're following the government dictates by changing our time uh, twice a year. Um, that it's a big uh, conspiracy with uh, uh, the Masons and everything else. And uh, and he might be right. Who knows? But I just think that it was done during World War II to, to uh, aid the war effort. It wasn't done before that. So I think if the Masons were involved in it, it would have been way before World War II. But uh, so how are you guys doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Feel, feeling pretty well. I'm back. Bad. Back to full strength for the most part. So. All right, good news. Uh, how's everything in your in your state or city or whatever with this big COVID thing that's going on? Uh, why don't we just talk about that in our in our specific locations for a few sure. minutes and, and kind of compare? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, uh, you guys go. When do you guys go first? I'll I'll go if you don't mind, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Fine. So so yeah, I'm I'm located in the state of South Dakota. I'm I'm in the biggest city in the state, Sioux Falls. Just roughly 180,000 people, and then we got some surrounding communities, so it's about a quarter of a million people. Um, but anyways, um, as far as where we're at with the COVID, um, we've actually done a pretty excellent job of um, maintaining um, a, ste- a steady decline. Well, not decline, but most of the counties in our in our state, uh, have had real baseline, steady, not growing among infected positive. So that's been good. Um, though in our, in our area, obviously we talked about in the last time in the show with, um, with Smithfield, which was the major outbreak. But other than that, um, we stay pretty low. We've only actually had about maybe 3,000 confirmed cases in the state and 34 deaths. Now they are still saying that we will eventually um, have 2,500 beds used um, for ICU at some point, but see our peak is actually coming later. Um, we're looking at uh, the, the June timeframe right. for when we're going to peak. Uh-huh. So, but it's been very, very interesting because now they're, for example, they're pretty much opening everything back up. For the most part, right. But the governor is placed in the responsibility on us to make the informed decision. You know, if you're at risk, you know, mask up, you know, or stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of us have to go back to work. Like even where I work, um, and I won't say specifically where I work, but they want everybody to come back in as of June first, start working. Mm-hmm. Um, from the office, nice. uh, with the exception of people that have underlying health issues, they still will allow it to work from home for the time being. So I, I do work for a hospital system, and the stance has been this, and I've always understood it to be, to be this way, even though most people don't 
understand this. People think that flattening the curve is basically a way of actually stopping this infection. But the reality is this. It was more tuned to allow the hospitals to prepare the beds and the necessary equipment and supplies necessary to deal with this as this comes. And, you know, so basically our state is taking a position, okay, our hospitals are ready. We got all the beds ready. We got all the supply chain we need for everything to, to be protected and the ventilators and everything in place. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to let it roll through. But the reality is, is you almost have no choice with that. Right. Otherwise, you could never, ever leave your house because mm-hmm. some people are operating on the delusion that, you know, well, if we we just all stay home long enough, this thing will just go away, and I I don't think it will. No. And the the you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the economy itself uh, can't sustain um, doing this too too much longer. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be bread lines for everybody. Right. Um, and it's interesting to see the contrast of how different states and different cities handle this. Some cities are far more draconian uh, in their enforcement. You know, finding people, arresting people, yet they're releasing people from jail that have criminal records because they don't want them to get COVID. Yeah. But yet they'll arrest people on the innocent people and arrest them and put them in jail that are really, truly innocent people. You know, it's just mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. It's like, it's the, usually the Democratic states, too. I might yes. Think. And that's what, you, that's what you'll see. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of that. Like in, a, in my state, we have a Republican governor and a a Republican mayor of my my city, and they have, you know, they have highly encouraged that we, you know, self-isolate and do all the things, but they have always reiterated that they don't have the constitutional right to force you to do it. Right. But this is what they would recommend. So that's the stance they have taken. Now, our governor has actually taken a beating for that on a national scale, but she's right. She doesn't have the constitutional authority to uh, keep people in their homes or arrest them for not staying. Right. Constitution doesn't allow for that. Right. Even though you have some states or cities that are clearly, clearly doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, our peak will come in in June sometime, uh, maybe early July. Right. Um you know, I know, you know, personally, it makes me a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. I have a little bit of anxiety with it, but, um, you know, right. hopefully we, we will prevail and uh, we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. No, uh, no problem. It's um, it's in- before you go, Jim, real quick. It's it's interesting to uh, to note that, you know, you've got a Republican governor. People have been just basically left to um, their you know, their own conscience as to what they do. And you're not doing that bad there, <laughs> you know, and the same with Florida DeSantis, you know, he, he uh, has not uh, really closed down the state too much, you know, a little bit, but, um, and, and you don't hear about very, very many deaths or hospitalizations in Florida. Gee, that's interesting. So anyway, Jim, go ahead. Well, we're, in a society that demands instant answers right now. we got to have it right now. This isn't Siri. This isn't um, Alexis that you can just ask and they give you a complete answer. But yet that's what society wants. That's what all the reporters are demanding and expecting. And 
all, the best they're going to get around here is a definite maybe. One thing that we do know, we know this stuff is real. I mean, we got in the city of Detroit in Wayne County, we have more people dying there than any country in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nuts. And yet the demographics, um, the news isn't lying. They're stretching and not telling you the whole story. But um, And a lot of these conspiracy nutcases on um, um, YouTube, and I mean, my gosh, you go there and, and every day there's spinning, there's all these wannabe uh, prophets and broadcasters spinning the latest, greatest um, conspiracy. And they got conspiracy for all kinds of stuff. A lot of my friends in Australia, um, they're convinced this whole thing is a, a, a conspiracy. And I, I talked to some of my friends on um, Skype and I'm going, uh, no, it's really real. But then you look at the map and everything, look at the map of where, how many countries have a lot of uh, the, the uh, 5G places. 5G is causing the, all of the uh, viral symptoms. I, I know that for a fact, but it doesn't matter who's causing it or where it came from or who's got a patent on it. Or, you know, all that stuff is secondary. The point is that in some areas we're overwhelmed and donated with, with, uh, with people dying. Um, why is that? Well, 5G uh, is a direct connection, but the other connection is the fact that, that um, especially in Detroit, we have certain particular anomalies that don't exist probably anywhere else. The way Detroit is laid out can give you an answer. How come, and here's somebody said that, how come there's a, there's a um, hospital in Gross Point that has empty beds, they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for things to happen, and right across the street in what we call Harper Hood, some of the worst horror stories that you could even hear or imagine are going on. And so everybody's saying, well, how can that be? What? Because that's a, welcome to Detroit. We got patches um, just five blocks away can mean the difference between being in the hood or uh, in the ghetto or in an upper class uh, neighborhood. Now, that's the situation that is existing right here in this one instance. We have a gated community. In other words, if any of you guys are Walking Dead fans, you know that the cities have a complete guard fence all the way around it. You have an entire community within, but nobody can get in there. In Gross Point, where there is nothing but mansions on the water on Lake St. Clair, it's a gated community. There's a whole suburb in there, but you can't get to it. You have to go to a guard shack. The guard shack will announce to the resident whether you are allowed to go in or not. You get permission, then you go into the gate, and you're inside of a fort. The hospital is there in pristine condition. The hospital beds are empty. They got, you know, 25 people maybe that they're actually, you know, uh, dealing with uh, uh, the virus, and everybody else is just sitting there watching TV or twiddling their thumbs and not having anything to do. Right across the street in Harper Woods, anybody in the Detroit metropolitan area knows that if you want to get the uh, the easiest score and the best drugs or um, – uh, some action with prostitutes or anything, go to Harper Woods. Harper Woods is like the uh, farmer's market for illicit drugs and prostitution. It's right there on the street. Coven hasn't stopped a thing. They're all out there strutting around doing their thing, and that's where one of the largest hospitals is also right there on that main drag in front of all this stuff. This hospital, that area, is it, the nickname is Harper Hood. Um, 
it has it's like going to a farmer's market for everything illegal i don't know the politics behind it why you know who's paid off why it's allowed to exist it just is that's the way it is and everybody knows it so you have a you have the horror stories right across the street i mean there were so many people dying they had to shove them in in um they instead of tripping over the bodies they had to shove them in closets in storage closets, in janitor closets, you know, just wherever they could put them so they didn't have to trip over them. And then, of course, people were losing personal belongings and different effects, even the bodies. They couldn't find the body in the right time to have any proper burial or anything. I mean, it's just a lot of horror stories. People work in double shifts because uh, nobody ends up showing up to come to the hospital. So doctors and nurses are working like 20 hours without a, without a break or anything. Um, this is the worst of the worst. And that's the worst case scenario. I'm using the worst example right there. But it's potchmarked that way all over the place. Now they're trying to make this into some kind of a racial thing where they're saying, oh, my gosh, look, it seems to be black. People of color seem to be dying more than others. No, it isn't. And I can prove it. If you will just look, you're going to find out that whites have an unusual imbalance also when you check who's dying and where are they coming from. Because when you check that, you'll find out they're the ones, the whites that are dying are not in the northern suburbs or the, the country areas, they're dying in the same neighborhood that you're trying to say is a race thing. It's not a race thing. It's a culture thing. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of, of whites that are dying, but they're dying because they're living in the same neighborhoods that all the other uh, blacks and everything. But because it's predominantly black or Hispanic, that's what's noticeable. But if you do the demographics, you'll find out that the ones that also are dying the same way are whites and it's a culture and geographical location not anything to with to hey, do with hey jim can i make a, a comment on that yeah don't mind um so there's a youtube channel a guy that i follow named dr campbell he's actually from the uk he's actually been on fox news and a couple other news stations because he was way ahead of the curve on this pandemic but he mentioned the very same thing like in the uk that they had a very much a dis, dis uh disproportionate amount of minorities or mixed race people that were dying from this um and uh, in contrast to caucasians and he was he was bothered by that and um they brought up something and i and i don't know if it's true or not and it may not be true but they said um, you know, if you're not Caucasian um, and you're darker skin at all, you you're more likely to have a vitamin D deficiency, and that plays a huge role. Uh, whether this virus affects you more greatly than um, than someone else, because that plays a big role in how strong your immunity actually is towards a virus. So I'm not saying it's the truth. But that is one explanation that has come up as to why um, there is a potential for a disproportion of people that are minority status that are more affected by this, or at least, you know what I mean? So, but again, I could be wrong, but it's just something I wanted to bring up. And, and let me throw something in there, too, if I could real quick. Um, it's, it's no secret that um, in, in the African-American community or black, whatever have you, you know, whatever term you want to use. Um, there's a, I think the, the leading cause of death after violence, of course, is, uh, is heart disease. And 
a lot of it has to do with with cooking with the wrong oils, eating the wrong foods, and things like that. And um, it, it, that's been the, the case for many years. And uh, not to mention that uh, you know obesity plays into the factor too, and it usually goes along with heart disease. So, um, and that's a pre presupposition right there. Um, yeah, I think poverty plays. I think poverty plays a role in this as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that's what I was going to bring up. If you're yep. not from the hood, you have no idea what it's like to, to live right. in the hood. Now, most of the people, even some of the black commentators, are people that if you examine, you'll find out they know about the hood, but they've never lived in the hood. Now, one of the wonderful things that I had uh, an opportunity to have growing up was I lived at Five and Middle Belt uh, in a place called, we used to call it Lily White Livonia. Um, after the riots and the white flight and everything like that, we were like 99.8% white, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it was in the country. I mean, we lived literally, I lived on a dirt road. There was a creek across the street. There was a horse riding stable um, less than a mile away, and I knew how to ride a horse before I knew how to ride a Harley. And I grew up almost like Huckleberry Finn out in the country, you know, in, in living in the country. But my grandparents, who literally raised me, Half the time I lived with them and half the time I lived at home. So my mom and dad both worked um, and were busy. So my grandma and grandpa always babysat us. They were only five miles down the road, but they were on the other side of Telegraph. They were in Brightmoor. Brightmoor has been one of the baddest hoods all of its life. It's been the armpit of Detroit all of its existence. Um, It was mainly what they used to call a, a white trash hibbly neighborhood. Uh, mostly it was miners coming from the Appalachian Mountains or it was um, um, sharecroppers from um, up in Pennsylvania area and, and uh, West Virginia area up in the Appalachian Mountains. They moved to work in the auto factories, but when they moved, it wasn't part of Detroit officially yet. It was a suburb, and there was no zoning ordinances or codes or anything, so they grew up and built everything just the way they had when they were sharecroppers and, and miners up in the Appalachian mountains. No, like, I mean, it was horrible. It, you just wouldn't believe what it was like. I was a young kid, but I grew up in that environment. Uh, long story short, that's where I ended up having my ministry. Um, all the time that I had the bike ministry, we were in that area. It was more of a biker town. And in that time, when the drug gangs finally came in after the riots and the white flight and everything, the only blacks that wanted to go in that neighborhood were the drug gangs so they could kind of take over territory and nobody wanted anything that was there because it was just, there was nothing there. So nobody moved in there. Um, so logistically and everything, it's always it, it went from that to the worst uh, black hood in the whole area. When it's, once it became predominantly black, it was mostly just drug gangs and everything. And after they pretty much... Uh, stole everything, burned everything down, and, you know, all, all kinds of craziness that goes on with that kind of a, a drug-dominating thing. And that, by the way, doesn't, it just, it happened to be black, but it doesn't have anything to do with necessarily the color, just that that element existed in the inner city ghettos all over the place, and that's the only attraction was for them to come into that area. So that was a stigma that's always been there. Now, actually, there's a lot of rap songs and, and stuff about, um, Brightmore being the baddest, most dangerous neighborhood in the world. And it has been. Believe me, I, you know, growing up there, it's like after being in Brightmore, 
no, no place on this planet scares me. I already lived in the scariest place in the whole world. And there's songs actually singing that almost as if it was a glorious thing or something. So it's got a reputation. Working with the homeless down in the inner city of Detroit um, has given me a whole different respect with with most of the blacks that we work with in the inner city. Because when they find out that I came from Brightmore, white or black, they just got to, well, you know what it's like in the hood then. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, I do. I'm not just some little vanilla boy out in the suburbs come in to kind of help you all. I've been there. I know what it's like to live in the hood. And I do. And because I do, there is a lot of stress. Um, and and this, now this got nothing to do with color. This is black, white, brown. I don't care who you are. If you're living in the hood, the thing is, if you're wanting to, to stay off of being dependent on um, social uh, not Social Security, um, on welfare. You usually work, now this is going to sound funny to some people, but you usually work maybe three, four part-time jobs or two full-time jobs. You you work that so you can stay off of it because you're aspiring to have more, want more, and do more. In order to do that and have any kind of reality of seeing your vision to get out of the situation that you're in, living in, in that, you have to, this is what you have to do. You have to work two jobs. Now to do that, um, families pool together, and when they pool together, they usually take the oldest in the family, and she or he is going to babysit for all the other cousins and and for the aunts and uncles and everything. So you have children raising children. Children raising children do not have time to teach proper etiquette and and a lot of other things that most of us in the suburbs take for granted. They just don't have the time to. It's not that they're stupid and don't know how. It's the social structure that's created, black, white, brown, in order to survive and stay off of a dependency on the government, you have to do this. This is what you have to do in order to to excel, because if you're on welfare, it's designed for you to stay on welfare. It penalizes you if you try to um, get a part time job or if you have two people that want to marry, they're both going to lose their uh their sustenance, their their form of, of uh, living, because the system penalizes everybody for for taking a step further. They want you to stay dependent, and this is this is a um, it's an unspoken reality. It's it's not popular. Fake news will cover all this up because basically they want people to every to stay where they're at. They don't want them getting out of the uh, the ghettos into more refined neighborhoods, black, white, or brown it doesn't matter they just want everything to be can self-contained there so that our welfare system is a horrible system that makes us dependent it's just like the medical they, they don't want people cured or made whole or made complete they want them to be maintained so that they can stay in that one place and not go beyond that the medical they want you not to have a cure they want you to be a maintenance where we will cure the bad feelings, but at the cost of destroying you and, and keeping you dependent on these drugs for the rest of your life. So it's the same old scam in a different environment, but it's it's the same principles of the elite and how they control everything. It's all part of Agenda 20, you know, uh, 21. And when you lived in the hood, you understand these things. And even at speaking at this and anybody that 
knows what it's like to live in a hood. They know that I'm speaking the truth. I'm not. This hasn't got anything to do with color. It's got to do with culture. It's got to do with the conditions and the governmental suppressive way that they own things. My gosh, when they're saying, oh, well, it's because the uh, inner city people, they don't have the opportunity um, that others for medical. Baloney. In the hood, you have better medical than uh, most people do out independent uh, workers with their own businesses that can't afford medical insurance. When you have Medicaid, Medicare, you got it all. You got everything that you need better. When going down and working recently with, with the uh, – um, in, the, in the inner city blacks, the joke around there, they know that I have such an oddball ministry that I have to fund it myself, everything I have, and – I put into it. So I've been one that um, they've come and asked me, Jim, is there anything you need? Can we help you out? They're going to use their bridge card. They're going to use, uh, you know, their, their Medicare to help me in my situation. I'm down there to help them, but they know that they've got better medical insurance being on welfare than I've got trying to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and they're willing to help me. I thought that was really cool though. That's, that's, that just seems to be that that's the other thing of the hood. We all help each other out. We all work together. Uh, black, white, brown. There is there is no color when you're in the hood. Everybody knows that you're from the hood. Then you're part of us and we got to all stick together. So it's not just a it's not a thing on color. It's not about color at all. It's about culture. It's about the struggle of trying to get out of something you want to get out of. Um, and the darn, you know, the people that are on welfare, they got to stay on welfare. You don't, you don't believe it or not. I have done mock weddings for people that fell in love, wanted to get married, but if they did, they lose all of their benefits, and then they got nothing. Then they are stuck because the penal, the system penalizes you for t- going forward. So if two people independently as singles are on Medicare, if they get married, they lose it all, and what they do get back as a couple now is about half of what they had before, so they don't get married. So they want it to be honored by God. So I say, you know what, if you, I, I will marry you in a mocking kind of a way only because so you can maintain your life. God knows that you are committed to each other. And if you're making this commitment before them, I will gladly join you together. And this is a commitment that's going to be binding. God's going to hold you to it, even though society doesn't. Society isn't right. It's not even biblical. So they're not even following. So I have, I don't have no guilt in doing this for you, if you, with a sincere heart, can go before God, knowing it's a binding contract, till death do you part, richer or poor or whatever, if you know that you're making that commitment, then I'll be more than happy to go ahead and, and we'll have this little celebration. And so I've done a lot of these, and I don't mind doing them. And I, I, I know I can stand before God, I'm doing the right thing, um, because we're just living in a corrupt world, a, a world full of dirt and garbage. And, uh, you know, I do understand the hood, and it breaks my heart that they're trying to make it a color thing when it's not. It's cultural. And the research to find out is just doing demographics. Look at who's dying and where they're dying from, and that'll clarify everything. It's got nothing to do with race. It's got to do with culture. It's got to do with trying to survive, which is like any one of us is trying to do. I can be brave and strong as long as I'm only accountable to me. And this is why the shutdown thing for me is very easy. I'm retired. Every day is a Saturday. I have no Mondays. So, you know, I'm used to this. This is not a big deal with me. But I can understand 
um, my youngest son with a stay-at-home wife who now has to mentor the children in order for them to keep you know up, and she's not used to doing that, not knowing how to do it exactly the best way. And four kids, four kids, four bouncy little sugar-infested kids in a little tiny mobile home trying to make it. And um, it's not been easy. He didn't get his uh, check, uh, his, what do they call that, the... Um, Stimulus? Stimulus check, thank you, yeah, yeah. He didn't get his stimulus check because he did it through um, H&R Block and through Turbo. And if you do one of those, you find out that uh, you don't get a direct, after you click the button, taking all the tests and everything, you click the button, yeah, I agree to terms or whatever. You're so fed up after all of the redundant, stupid things that you had to answer questions and everything, that what you just agreed to is that uh, you don't get a direct deposit from the government from your stimulus check. It goes to them first. They keep it overnight, and then they give it back to you. But during that time that they keep it, and this will be something the courts are going to have to clarify later because they're going to have to be held accountable for what they're doing. It's very corrupt. It's it's not it's legal. They made sure they got their legal butts all covered, but it's it's immoral what they do. During that day that they have it, all of the answers that you had, whatever outstanding bills you had and, and uh, uh, who you owed or whatever, you had to fill all that out. How much they're aware or made uh, free connection to, like I said, the lawyers are going to have to figure that one out later. But they have a right then during that one day that they have it, they have a right to make a claim against the money that you have. Now, they can't take the actual stimulus money in most cases, um, but they can take anything above and beyond that extra. As a senior citizen, I qualified for um, two different programs, but that money has all been taken from past bills that I had agreed that this could happen, and it did. So... Um, it's happening to the people that need it the most are the ones not getting their full uh, relief check. And then when you go and uh, to the store to go ahead and get stuff, this is before we were on total lockdown. I'm hearing, you know, the, the person next to me, yeah, we just bought junk food and uh, we bought some costumes for the kids because we didn't really need the thing. But, you know, this is we got it so wisely use it. And so here I am struggling just to get, you know, enough food and gas and, and try to play the money out so that I can make it last for me for a whole month. And these other people that don't even need it are just spending it frivolously. It's just really uh, – I know it wasn't intended to be that way, but that's just the way it ends up being. So I know that eventually um, those groups are going to have to, you know, be held accountable for – what the way they're doing business it's just immorally indecent taking advantage of the situation the way it is now oh. but you know it's just part of human nature it's what people are doing it's predator it's, so you, you don't know who to trust anymore right well you know it's no different than a millionaire or somebody that makes three hundred and fifty thousand dollars taking social security you know they don't need to well, look be at, taking the Social Security, and they still do, and that just really ticks me off. Well, look at look look at in his state the way the way the state is now. They keep trying to play Whitmer, um, and you know she's she's a Democrat. So I mean, as I I can never vote for a Democrat as long as they have a platform that agrees that it's okay to kill full term babies and and uh, or even any baby after after um um after sperm and an egg come together germination whatever that's when life begins they don't define it as such so they believe it's okay to have uh genocide so as long as they do i can never vote for a democrat right. no matter how much i like them um but whitmer is refused to play politics in any of this and that's what i 
I, that I do respect her on. She's actually a person that got hired to to do a job for all constituents of Michigan, and she's trying to do the best she can with what she has. She's getting wrong. My God, we're all getting information from CDC, and we're going to believe a word they have to say about anything. Right. They're 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 corrupt completely, and so there's institutions that we're putting our trust and faith in that have nothing to do with with our welfare whatsoever. They're giving us the wrong information. So the information she does have, she is trying to keep a door open to the White House. She even said that to uh, Chris, uh, uh, what's his name, Chris Wallace. Wallace, yeah, on uh, Fox News. Now, he's always been a the icon for Fox News, a child poster boy for conservative. But uh, you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at Chris Wallace. He has been on an anti-Trump binge since this coronavirus thing. He has right. done everything he could to to make Trump look like an idiot, to make, um, of all people, um, Bill Gates look like a hero. Well, Mr. Gates, we know that you've had understanding and you've been warning the society for a long time now about the coronavirus and, and COVID-19. And yeah, it, when he owns the patent on a doggone thing, I guess it'd be real easy for him to be warning about it. You know, it's right. just insane how they, he makes Trump look like he's an idiot and he's trying to make... Um, um, Bill Gates look like he's the savior. It's just, it's insanity. But right. so everything is getting to where we can't trust people. We can't trust things. Now, from when I was in the days of the bike ministry, I got to know some of our local newscasters on a very personal basis. Um, and I like some of those guys. And I know that they're not some cloaked, cloaked hooded, you know, new world order uh, people. They are just taking their orders and giving the news of what they're told. And some of these people are good, decent people. I know they are. But they've been taking these orders and doing business as usual for so long that once was when once the news was actually something that does give out good, accurate news, no longer does. They have most of them have not seen the the slow transition. Others have. But now they're stuck in a rut in order to keep their families fed and everybody else that depends on them. They had to close their eyes close their ears and just give out what they're supposed to do in their job. And, and that's it. So it's a slippery slope that takes us away from things. But most of the people are not as nefarious as um, people would like, to, uh, like the conspiracy freaks would like to see everything in black and white, but it, it isn't. It's, there's this big shade of indifference or a shade where people can kind of hide their indifference in, but that's where this shakeup that um, Kim Clement, that uh, Mark Taylor have mentioned is going to happen, a reset where we're all going to eventually get on the same page. And what is going to be eliminated is this great shaded area of apathy. We're no longer going to be on uh, dwelling in that. It's either going to be you're on one side or the other. You're a sheep or a goat. You're a wheat or a tear. So these days are coming very soon. I'm excited about it. I am having a hard time not being a kid waiting for Christmas for Santa Claus because I know that at the first part, of this great shaking up is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great thing for anybody sowing to the spirit. They're going to reap from the spirit. Anybody sowing to the flesh, they're going to think this is hell on earth, and they're not going to enjoy what the, this transition is going to be. And then a shade of everything in between, depending on how, what you've done and, and what you've uh, sown to. Those that sow to the spirit are going to reap the spirit, and it's going to be an awesome time and great experiences. Yeah. But it's a time of cleansing. It's a time of getting things adjusted and right in our own minds thinking this is what this time of isolation should be doing for all of us. We should be appreciating this time, reflecting on our own selves. You know, where am I? What am I doing? Um, you know, it's, it's just, um, 
Detroit is a very confused place. It's very patchy. We're, people are demanding definite answers, and we can't give definite answers. We can give definite maybes because we still fully don't know exactly what we're dealing with or who we can trust. So that's kind of the temperature in Detroit, in Michigan. Okay, good. Um, I'm a little more skeptical about this whole thing. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I work in a hospital, and I think uh, we've had uh, uh, 15 people tested in the way of patients and 15 negatives, um, and I'm glad about that. Um, we've had about, I think, uh, seven employees that have come down with it, and um, they've stayed home. And um, they've stayed home, and uh, they've they've tested everybody that was around them, and nobody's got it. So, and I'm thankful for that. Um, however, I look at I look at the uh, the state as a whole, and and you know I don't know if the trustees demographics or not, but um, because I, I think that in the Democrat states there there's a degree of using this for. Uh, an excuse to clamp down harder on the population. And I, I know that our governor is doing that. I, I do applaud her for, for locking the state down at first. And I think that we have flattened a curve here and I think that it, it has helped, but I think that that, that part of it, cause I think we peaked about two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think that it's, it's now it's being used kind of as a political tool in order to uh, see how far that she can, you know, we, they, she raised the price of gas and stuff like that um, and, and implemented a few laws, uh, kind of like uh, the Democrats do in Congress. Uh, they attach things to other things so that uh, they can get their way. Another, you know, what was it? Uh, the We didn't get a Social Security raise this year, but, uh, you know, the Congress, uh, all the Congress people got raises and they attached that to the bill for COVID. Um but anyway, getting back to here, we got a mortality rate, I think, of 3.9%. Um, and like I said, it's going down, or it appears to from the graph, uh, slowly, but it's going. Um, and then I was looking at the, the testing. Uh, they performed 77,606 tests um, with a positive of 4.2%. Uh, and uh, if I look at the graph, uh, the total negative right goes right up with the total tests that have been done. So um, that's a good thing, and I'm happy about that. Um, let's see, non-current ICU patients, 305. So non, non-ICU capacity is at 4%. So um, that could be because of the curve, or it could be because, uh, you know, the, the, the fear has been uh, hyper-accentuated. Uh, um, Personally, you know, you know, here I don't, I don't knock on wood because I don't do that anymore. But um, you know, I don't know of anybody that's had it, um, and I, all the people that I know, don't know of anybody that's had it. So um, I'm approaching this from a more skeptical view because uh, working in the field that I work in, I would, you think I would know some people that have had it. Um, okay, so four uh, percent. And then when we look at the ICU capacity, there's currently 102 patients in ICU, which is 8 to 12 percent of all the ICU beds. And uh, so uh, that's not a lot either. And again, it could be because we we shut the state down or not. But um, what what kind of bothers me is the way that the reopening is happening, because a lot of people are on edge here. You know, a lot of us 
like to take our wives out to dinner or something like that, or you just go like to have breakfast somewhere and, and you still can't do that, even though my county has been given permission to do that. And that's another thing that bothers me. Um, uh, you're given, given people permission to do stuff. Uh, I see it as a violation of civil liberties myself, but, um, I think that, um, your governor, Eric, is, has taken a, a good approach where they're, she's just given people, uh, the, the, uh, the option to act responsibly. And, yeah, I mean, she, 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 you know, she tells them what they, you know, you know, what what the best thing they should do. Right. But again, she says, you know, I don't have the authority to make you do this. Okay, so I'm let me let me ask you, what are your rates there? Are they are they lower or what? Are, are people getting better? Have you reached the cur the the peak and you're going down? No. In my in my area, I'm I'm Middle America, so South Dakota. Uh-huh. So my peak is not coming until uh, we're still another maybe three, four weeks away at least okay. before we start get we start going there. So we're looking between June and July. Um, that's when we're gonna peak out. So, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, we've had about three thousand infected, uh, right. thirty four deaths. Uh, Obviously, the majority of our cases are from Smithfield, right? Um, since there's 3,700 employees at that facility, right, in the city that I live in. So, but like I said, all the other counties, other than who, two, go ahead. Who owns Who owns Smithfield and who works there? Uh, where did they come from? Well, Smithfield is actually owned by China. Oh yeah, yeah. and and and, yeah. and there's and a correlation all, there. All the people that are dying there, where are they from? Well, well, they're not they're not necessarily Chinese, but they're they're minorities mm-hmm. uh, by by the majority. But what happens is there's a little context to this. They're they're brainwashed. Uh, Smithfield brainwashes them to to pretty much tell them that well, this is the only job you can get, and if you don't come into work, then you know. No one else is going to hire you. That's what they do to these people. Right. And they also were basically giving them bonuses mm-hmm. to show up to work, even though this thing was going on. Um, so they, you know, for these people, this is their only job. This is their only income. This is how they take care of their family. Right. And a lot of them had had no choice in the matter. And, you know, some of them have paid with their lives for it. Right. So, Eric, Eric, I did some further research on that. And during the eight years of the Obama administration, um, this is when the majority of those Chinese that are working there in that plant came over from China. Yeah. And they were they were told that they could they would get almost like double pay from the government, from the Chinese government supporting them, saying, look, we're going to send you over here. We want you to work here. We want you to do a, a, a great job and build up um, our company, our company, meaning China. So they went over there. Then they got this other additional brainwashing that, yeah, you, you know, and they know that it's true because the yeah. Chinese residents yeah. are from China. So they were actually like a um, in a sense, they were a chemical bomb, suitcase bomb waiting yes. to go off. Well, and I would I, exactly I would argue that. Yeah, the mass, like at least in my town, the mass majority of the people are not they're not Chinese immigrants. But I would say the leadership probably there probably is. Mm-hmm. Um or at least a number of them are. So if they're traveling back and forth between China and, you know, these plants, that's, that would be the mechanism for spreading it to begin with. So that's exactly what happened. So well, now, now see the thing, the thing in Detroit, I wish would happen. 
and I'm not too happy about our uh, governor. We are a blue state that's uh, only blue because there's about five cities that have a population equal to the entire upper and lower peninsula of Michigan, but the majority are farmers um, and rural, strong Christian conservatives that are the majority of our state. But and, and if it wasn't for the Electoral College, we wouldn't have any representation at all. But the thing is, if you're going to stay consistent with restrictions, stay it across board with everybody. Don't exactly. give favor. You know, the thing that, that gets me about Michigan is that um, all of the golf courses and all of the marinas, because we're the Great Lakes Stake, everybody is on the edge of water somewhere, whether it be an inland lake or a pond or, you know, or the whole um, Great Lakes systems, which, you know, I'm only three miles away from uh, Lake St. Clair. This is, you know, is channeled up all the way through to the Atlantic coast. So it's pretty much like the Atlantic coast, the East coast is an extension of Michigan because we have the same cultural uh, trade and everything else going on that, uh, that the East coast would have. So because of that, marinas are a big thing. Um, our golf courses are a big thing for who, for the upper class. And they got carte blanche. They're allowed to all the, all the marinas are open. You don't have to obey this, you know, six foot distance or anything. Um, they can go and have their fun. And you know what the justification were for most of them? Well, you know, you realize most of these are lawyers and doctors and, and people that are really working overtime now. They're, they need their relief from their tensions because they have such a stressful job. And the doctors, yeah, I agree. Okay, fine. Let them have it. But how about letting us have ours? Yeah. We're part of the church. How do we get our, uh, our anxieties of living in the inner city where we're packed like sardines, where people are dropping dead like flies all around us? We need the fellowship to go to our churches and to get that strength that they need, too. We need it, too. Don't tell us that we can't come to our churches. Oh, I was going to mention you guys. Well, and that's what they're, they're doing. Now, it's like, okay, stay the same then. You know, if we can't have it, why can they have it? You know, it, it it goes back to what economics. You know, because they have the yep. they have the gold. They make the rules. Is that what the golden rule is? Who has the gold makes the rules. I mean, that's what it looks look, it's looking like. Now, Whitmer Whitmer is being forced by a lot of um, uh, manipulation and power to do this, and she's going to do it because she's a possible candidate for vice president. So she's going to you know she's got to play her party lines um, in order her own personal career to continue on. I get it. Anybody in the world would do that, Republican or Democrat. That's just what they're going to do. But this kind of inconsistency is pure crap. It's baloney. When you're going to deny people to go to their church where they can draw their own strength from, and yet you're going to allow the rich to go ahead and have fun and play because they need it to relieve themselves. Well, we need to relieve ourselves, too. Yeah, well, and, it's not, it's yeah, not just I, that. I was gonna... <clears throat> it's not just that. It's okay. <clears throat> How come the the clothier down in down at Sweet Home has to close his shop, but Walmart that's opened up and sells food has has is able to sell their clothes there, you know? So these people are getting forced out of business because they only deal in clothes, but Walmart is allowed to sell clothes because there's food in the market and there's clothes in the market and they can sell their clothes. Why, you know, why why can I go why can how can I stand in line to get into a store and be crammed in with a whole bunch of other people standing in line to get inside the store but I can't go sit in a, in a McDonald's and have breakfast in the morning or something like that. that 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 doesn't make any sense to me you know it really doesn't and it just um 
it's, it's being as a tool to manipulate the 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 uh, the, the people of the state because I live in a blue state too, Jim. You know, and um, you know, it's it's just uh, our governor's you know Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, your your governor has some acts, <laughs> but she she is. It's almost like she's punishing the state because the um, back when she was trying to put this carbon tax through, and she has passed some of the carbon tax things while this has been going on. But um, you know, while while that was going on, the the rest of the state, aside from Portland and Eugene and maybe Medford, um, or and especially Salem, um, they uh, they opposed her. So now it's like you know, like uh, <laughs> Queen Kate, who's who's the si- younger sister of. Uh, the, the brown that ruined California, um, you know, she is um, she's acting like a dictatorial queen and and is, you know, well, these people were good to me, so I'm going to let them have a little more than everything else. The Democrats, you know, the, oh, yeah, I'm going to let them go, you know, and have have a good time and do whatever. Um, but the uh, the people in the states that and some of these counties aren't even affected by COVID. You know, maybe there's one or two cases in there, you know, because there's such big counties with such a small population. But, uh, no, they have to close down. You know, it would be more fair if they would look at, okay, well, this county, you know, the, the chances of COVID taken off in this county are almost zero. So let's let that county stay open. You know, um, the, up by Portland, of course, you know, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to report that the, the liberals are even getting mad about this now, too. Because they're seeing it as an infringement on their rights. I mean, you still have your sheeple that are out there wearing their masks and everything. Pretty soon, we're all going to have to wear masks going everywhere. You know, yeah. and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to go into the store. And if they kick me out, they kick me out. Uh, there is a, a great deal of indifference uh, with the, the stores, too. They don't want to kick people out. So I think that I'd be okay. But, um, you know, I, I, in my heart, I don't think this thing is as bad as they're blowing it out blowing it up to be um i I pulled up an article um you know before we got on the air and i don't know if you know this but one of the worst epidemics that happened in this country was the um the hong kong flu and that was here in 1968 and guess what happened in 1968 woodstock the biggest gathering of people that could ever get together for a concert you know hundreds of thousands of people uh i say i guess it says a hundred thousand people um uh, got together. Nobody got the, the Hong Kong flu, or they, if they did, it wasn't a big deal. wasn't made out of it. You know, um, granted, there are differences today. You know, people are more obese, uh, which brings in heart disease and stuff like that. But still, for goodness sakes, if if I want to go someplace, let me do it. If I'm not a danger to other people, let me let me go do it. You know, don't tell me I can't do this stuff. And and what about churches? You brought that up, Jim, about churches. You know. Why why can't we get together? You know, if we what if I was we, just gonna I was go ahead. I was just gonna mention that uh, our state is basically saying, you know, churches go ahead, open up if you want, but obviously, yeah. you know, set up your churches, you know, for social distancing or whatever. So I, mean, I would, for example, I would my church. I would be interested to see Eric if if um, if mosques are held to the same um, the same you know rigid uh, rules yeah. and regulations. I, I would I would be I would be curious. I haven't heard much about that if they're regulated or not. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. um, but I know like our church is going to open up next week, but they're going to have all these provisions in place right. um, for coming, and they're not going to allow us to actually socialize after the service, which I don't quite get because mm-hmm. whatever. But they're going to set up a bunch of extra chairs and have people separated out a bit and 
you know, they say you don't have to come. You can still do the, you know, the streaming online if yeah, you're not online, comfortable. Yeah. Right. yeah, which is fine. You yeah. know, because we 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 have an elderly population, so take take your caution. But it's all common sense stuff, you know. Well, why I mean, why don't they do like they do in the hospital when I go to work? You know, there's somebody there with a thermometer. You know, they point it at your forehead. If you got a fever, they send you home. You know, no big deal. You know, I keep hearing about the incubation period. They don't know if the incubation period is seven days or if it's two weeks. Yeah, they don't. They don't know. Well, That's I, there's too many un, un variables that we don't yeah. know for sure. Yeah, I think the, I think the whole scanning the the scanning for the fever thing is a little bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it when I go to work too. Um, I mean, it's something, I guess. It will pick off the people that have a fever. I get that, but problem is, is you're gonna have a bunch of people that are asymptomatic. They're not gonna show a fever, and they're gonna have it. Right. 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 They're gonna walk in that building. They're gonna get scanned, and they're gonna go right in. I mean, exactly. we know that that's a fact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that being I, the case, though, you know, it's how many months are we into this now? And in our hospital, no, you know, aside from the few people that have stayed home because they had it, nobody's catching it. You know, nobody's bringing it in. And, and frankly, I tell you the truth, <laughs> there's been times that I've wished that I've had a fever when I walked in there because we get paid for two weeks. They tell us to go home and then pay us for two weeks being home. You know, th- that that would be the ultimate vacation for me. You know, and, you know, some people around work have joked about, hey, you know, you know, you keep a, a, a rag in the engine compartment, you know, you wrap it around your head before you come into work, you wear a hat, you know, and you walk in and you're going to be a little hot. They'll send you home. Um, I couldn't do that with a good conscience. But, um, you know, it's 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 getting to the point of uh, being ludicrous anymore. It really is. And it's um, and I'm usually, you know, I love. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to stay home. I, you know, if I could stay home all the time, it'd be wonderful. But you know, my finances dictate that I have to go out to work and everything. And and you know, I'm a re- still reasonably healthy, although that's questionable anymore. Um, but um, you know, it's 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 just to me, it's 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 and and now they're trying to scare people by telling people, well, this thing could come back in the fall. You know, it's like there's there's an agenda here. Okay. There's a big time agenda going on as far as I'm concerned. And I know I might sound like conspir- conspiratorialist and everything else, but I'm not saying that COVID isn't real. It, it is real. It's around out there. But I think it's being used um, against the American people to, to clamp down tighter on us and stuff like that. And that's what bothers me. Well, oh, I agree. I agree uh, with what you're saying. What I what I see is that, that we're not – Staying tapped into the only stability that we can have, and that is we got to go back to default on Amos 3.7. God guarantees us he's not going to do anything or allow the enemy to do anything until he first tells his plan to his prophets. Now, that is clearly what we should be checking out. So if we've, you know, who's his prophets today? Well, some of the most important um widely known voices anyway would be Mark Taylor, it would be um, Kim Clement, and it would be David Wilkerson. Those three right there cover all bases and tell us exactly what God's plan is if we bothered to actually t- listen to the detailed information. If we did, then we know that God has a plan mm-hmm. and God is using Trump. Trump is surrounded by enemies. The swamp is in left and the right uh, wing um, sections. There's people that want to kill him, and they're serious about it. So he has to strip away things 
the dirt, I guess the swamp cleaning. He has to do it in indiscriminate levels or layers, step by step. And so as to not jeopardize the infrastructure of the whole country, because after eight years of Obama, it's every critical situation or, or office in this society and the infrastructure of America is infiltrated by the, the uh, Muslim Brotherhood. Um, it's very dangerous. We have to things have to be unwound in a way that that um, the enemy isn't going to see it and make adjustments, which is what they're trying to do, which is Trump is actually a part of God's calling to be the peaceful transition instead of a military coup. And this is where uh, Q comes in. If you want to know how screwed up um, some of our trustworthy things is, somebody told me, well, you ought to see what, um, um, what is it called? Oh, the information, uh, Wikipedia. You, you should see what Wikipedia says about, you know, this one particular woman. She was the one that worked with Fuchsia. I can't remember her name. She's now Mik- Mikovitz. Okay, now Mikovitz. Judy, she she has come forward naming names, naming specifics, saying this is all a bunch of crap. All the information you guys are getting is just in reverse. You need to get out there. You need to not stay isolated in your homes, breathing the same stale old air and everything. The reason that there's not going to be a second wave is because you need to get out there and be exposed to everything. It's just like a child in early development. The more you're uh, accessible to, the more your body is going to make adjustments and you're going to be immune to all of this, but you have to be out there so that you're in contact with these things to build up the immunities over a period of time. This is what is actually going to be the healthiest thing. That's why I don't wear a mask if I know it's a good mask. I wear busted masks, worn out masks, no good masks. It's mainly for the people. I'm protecting them from my cough, but they're not protecting me from anything. I want to be exposed. I won't wear gloves. I, you know, I do when I have to, but when I don't have to, um, I'm out there breathing the air and and, um, realizing that this is what I need in order to survive so that when a second wave did come, I'm not totally immune. If you're washing your hands and keeping everything sterile, you're not coming in contact with anything. If there is a second wave, you're going to be the first one going down if you've already been exposed to all of this. So when I see when I see the president with all of the military leaders and they're not wearing masks and obeying any of that stuff, it's because they must know something that the rest of us don't really know. What do they know? Well, what they've already been warned about. Yeah, the key is to really follow Trump's lead. uh, Exactly. Exactly. And uh, something I want to iterate, um, in New York where you had a lot of cases, um, they said 66% of the people that they ended up having going to the hospital or actually people that had actually – self-isolated, I mean, or had basically stayed at home and not ventured out at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Right. Why would that be? Well, there you go. You know, the thing is, I do know people. I'm in a war zone. I'm get, We're getting hit hard, harder than most places in here in Detroit. And I know four people that are, uh, one of them is a Christian leader, um, and an awesome man of God. I, I just really love this brother. He's actually kind of an in-law. Uh, my son's, see how does it go? My, he's an in-law only in that, that my, my son and my daughter-in-law, it's my daughter-in-law's father. He was the, um, Michigan area director for, um, uh, 
Christian Motorcycle Association, and uh, really an awesome guy. Well, he's in there, and it's been a, a three. God, what is it? Three weeks now. He's been on a ventilator, got off, then got back on. Uh, those ventilators sometimes that's a death penalty. That's, yeah, it is. I mean, those things kill you. And uh, he's a fighter. He's got the faith. He's got all the faith in the world. Um, you know, to fight this thing, to go through it. And I think that's one of the keys right there. As a man thinks, so is he. If you are afraid of this thing and you think, "Oh my God, I might die," you know what? You're you're writing out your own script by what you're confessing with your mouth. Stop it. If you have faith and you believe God's going to heal you, talk as if it's already happened and thank him for it. Don't if, and, or but about anything. So, And that's the way his attitude has been. But it's been a three-week struggle, in and out. Then he had uh, infections, multiple infections. So I've kept him on my prayer list, and I've asked all my Facebook friends to keep keep him in prayer. And they've faithfully done that. I've had to set up a separate page so that... It was getting so people have to scroll down 40 different things, and they were forgetting to do it. So I put a separate page and didn't post anything, and I'm just keeping it on top. So now they got a prayer list they can go to, and they can pray, and they got updates on there so that they can see what the updates are on it. So people have been faithful to that, and they've been keeping a lot of these people in prayer. But I got it. I had it. Whatever the heck you want to call this thing, Mm -hmm. however it happened, I've had it twice now. The second time, we nipped it off at the bud. As soon as I realized I had it again and everything, I... I went up to Pastor Steve and I told him about it, and and uh, he stopped right then and there in services and everything, and then just prayed over me right then and there. By the time I got home, the sciatic nerve pain that I was getting, which was worse than as bad as what I had a year ago, at Thanksgiving when I think the COVID virus actually first hit the shores of America, right? And many of us had it and didn't realize that's what it was. And then a second wave, a lot of us had it again. I had it again, but like I said, I nipped it off at the bud. Now, what's crazy? I take a arterial uh, cleansing thing that a, a friend of mine had who had worse um, worse heart disease than I had. He took it for six months and is completely off medication. There's a stents, nothing that was damaged in his heart. The doctor says, what have you been doing? And he told him what he took. And he says, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you don't even have to be on medicine anymore. Your Your arteries are fully cleared. I mean, there's nothing more I can do for you. You're healed. Great. Now, I had the same thing happen with me. I took this same thing, and I've only been on it for two and a half months. But um, I'm off of my medication. I can't take it anymore. It makes me sick. When I quit taking it, I feel better now, more cognitive, more uh, energy than I had in a long time. When I read about some of the stuff I was on, three of those things, rob minerals that are used to uh, maintain the health of your kidney and liver, it robs those minerals and takes them and gives you the effects uh, of not having pain or discomfort, but it doesn't actually heal anything. It just takes away the pain. And fortunately, I've been taking other vitamin supplements, especially D3 uh, with magnesium and zinc. And gosh, guess what? That gets rid of inflammation. You know what part of the coronavirus does? It causes inflammation in the joints and Everything that I was taking was exactly what I needed yeah. and didn't, didn't even realize it. I was also, for pain, I was taking ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is a magnet to the, uh, to the coronavirus. So on one hand, I'm feeding it, but on the other hand, I got all this other stuff that I'm taking that's killing it. So it kind of neutralizes itself, and I'm still alive. <laughs> uh-huh. so, but the thing is that that there are natural cures. We don't need a vaccination. 
Uh, two things that I'm never going to take. This is going to keep it simple, guys. Everybody, I hope you follow the same thing. We'll never need a vaccination. We're never going to need an RFID chip implanted into ourselves. Now, the RFID chip is not the mark of the beast, but it is certainly a precursor to it. And it certainly is also something, whether you realize it or not, you're taking an RFID chip, but it's got nanobot technology in there that's restructuring your DNA. You want to have that? You know who gave that to everybody? Eli, um, not Bill Elon Gates. Uh, Bill Gates. I don't want anything from Bill Gates. Me no, either. thank you. You keep your little nanobot crap away from me, your vaccines away from me. No, none of them. At at worst, what it does is it puts a GPS location so they always know where you're at no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. Unless you dig the darn thing out. So it's like, you know what, I got a, I got a microwave oven that's got a GPS location. I got all kinds of other appliances that are, you know, I don't need one more thing in my body to do the same thing. No, I, I don't need any RFID chip. At worst, they're going to know where you're at all the time. I don't, they don't need to know where I'm at all the time. I'm not 501c3 because I didn't want to comply with all of the government, whoever the government might be. Right now, it's more trustworthy now if I'm following the tr- lead of Trump. Trump is being led to the Lord. Part of the three-step method, um, Kim Clement said that, that this man— this is back in 94 when he didn't even know who he was talking about. He said, this man is going to come in as a heathen, but he's going to he's going to get saved in some kind of a situation that is going to demand such a an answer so intricate that only God could figure it out. And it was during that time, then he will be filled with the Holy Spirit and directly led by God himself. He was talking about Trump later on. Now, Kim Clement had prophesied as early as 1994 all the way up to 2016 when he passed away. And he never got to see Trump become president. He passed away just before that, uh, before the election. But he had continued to prophesy all the way through. And he said that Trump would end up being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and being um, used of God directly. Now, we're here. This is where it is now. So whatever Trump says, I'm going to follow. When he says, oh, just wear any old kind of mask, just a scarf, that'll do. He's trying to tell you, look, get exposed, be exposed to it. You're going to get tough and strong. What was designed to kill you. you know, and people are, are getting all shook up, like, you know, listening to all these daily conspiratorial spins. Oh, my gosh, it could be this, it could be that. Well, you know what? Most of those are diversionary. The thing is, what's right in front of you here today? What you need to do? What what you need to do is fight off death by giving life. So whatever you have to do to provide life, giving sustenance for others now is what you do. And don't worry about anything else. That's God's job to, to figure out the end. The thing we always got to keep in mind is we're studying the effects of losers. They do not win. I don't care what their plans are against mankind. God sits there and laughs at them and mocks them, saying, you know, that you're— the, the created is never going to usurp the creator. It's just not going to happen. So why are we getting upset at studying? Now, I still study all this stuff. I need to know my enemy and what he's planning and how he's going to put a spin on stuff. Because the thing is, all of this stuff, understanding all of these different things, is to they're for bait to catch fish. So sometimes I can't use bait from two years ago to catch the recent fish. I need fresh bait. Because there's a daily new spin put on everything. So I want to find out what it is. So I got good bait to catch fish, but I'm catching fish. And that is to bring people to the God, to the understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says, and when this gospel is preaching to all the world, then the end will come. You know what? I want the end to come. So I want to yeah. get people saved. If I get as many people saved as I possibly am going to be able to be used of God to do, that's my job. That's what's going to speed everything up and get, get this all done with. 
we are so confused as a church, as a body, fighting and arguing over stuff. Some people wanting to get involved in the politics. The people that are out there protesting in my states, demanding you know equal rights and to be able to go out and do what they want to come and go. Well, I I do share that, but I look at it and I'm going, why are you guys making this a politic thing? You know, if you had a if you had a Republican governor right now, you wouldn't be out protesting. You'd be supporting your governor. But because you got a Democrat in there, and now you can attack a Democrat. You're just going to attack her just because um, she's a Democrat. Um, can we chill out and not get involved in the politics? Study it because it's going to affect you. But don't be an active participant of it. You're supposed to be representing the kingdom of heaven first, not not politics. Politics is so transitory, it's so temporary, it's so unstable. It's not even it's it's worth looking at because it's going to affect you, but it's not worth being a part of. You are a part of the kingdom of God first. You're supposed to represent the Lord in his kingdom. You represent that by obeying the, your basic order. What is your basic order? It goes back to um, Amos 3.7. Study and know the plan of God. Once you know the plan of God, you see it from a biblical perspective. You can be a representative of the kingdom of heaven, and you can have the peace that passes all understanding. It gives you the balance of, of staying Stable and consistent to God's plan, but and unaffected by all of the inconsistency, unstable things of the world. And yet you'll know when to be flexible. You'll know when to be firm and taking a stand because you understand God's plan. Mm -hmm. But too many Christians just don't understand it. Too many Christians are still being emotionally affected, going, oh, my God, what about this? What about that? What ifs? Jesus never spoke in what ifs. He never said, what if this, what if that? Whenever you hear what if, you recognize that's coming from the enemy right there. What if God had said, what if, Satan is the only one that uses what ifs. God says absolutes. He speaks things as if they've already happened that hasn't even happened yet. When he has called you to a certain position and you know that God's called you to that, that's because he already sees you as that. That's pretty cool. He already sees you at it because he's outside of time. He's already seen the beginning from the end. Uh, and he can pass that information on to you if you're open to be obedient to letting God do through you what you're not capable of doing yourself. Well, it's just letting go and letting God. And, and it's that simple. And that's what we need to be you know, proclaiming and, and exercising, not in just word only, but in deed also. And uh, if we do that, we're going to have a lot more confidence in what to believe and what not to believe. There's a lot of dirt out there, and there's gold buried in the dirt, but we got to know how to get the gold from all the dirt. Right. Um, you know, that that you know that was kind of a neat segue, actually. Um, i I got to ask you guys, because I know now this might fall into the category of a what-if, and all the Q stuff kind of does until it actually happens, but um, I... I I'm sorry. I, if I'm, if I'm, you know, changing course, I hope that you know everything. That no, I think. Okay. Um, no. Well, my recently um, it, there was a Q post that uh, there was going to be a big arrest, and uh, and it followed the uh, exoneration of um, General Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. yeah. Now, <clears throat> um, now there, you know. And, and you touched on this before, Jim. You know, when information like this comes out, all of a sudden you got everybody coming around. Hey, what if this? What if that? You know. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, there's been a lot of speculation that it's going to be some some high profile person, and, and um, I don't know. A lot of people are speculating about Comey. You know, it could be Comey. And that that would be a really good speculation. But 
Um, one of the things that I, I've been reading, and it's really important, I think, is that um, there there is a no love lost, I think, between Trump and Pence. Um, I think that, uh, well, if you look back at the funeral of George H.W. Bush, uh, Pence's wife is one of the people that received an envelope. And, and I don't think we'll ever know what was on the envelopes. There, there was a fraud going around the Internet, and it was really easy to pick out that uh, it was a card that said uh, George W. Bush was saying they're on to us. They know everything. Um, that, that may be true, but just looking at the picture of it, you know, you could tell that there has been a cut and paste put in there. It wasn't very professionally done either. Um, I mean, if I could pick it up just by looking at it, not really blowing it up or anything and looking at it, it's pretty blatant. But anyway, um uh, getting back to Pence, you know, it's um, during that funeral, he was very, very cozy with the Obamas, laughing with them, joking with them. That might have been just diplomatic protocol. Who knows? But um, uh, Trump didn't say a word to, to, to Pence during that funeral. I don't know if you noticed that, but he didn't even acknowledge that he was there. Um, so my question is, uh, you know, or maybe not a question, but I just throw out there and we can we can bat it around a little bit. Um, do you do you think that it uh, well let me put one more one more spin on it too is that um you know darn well if they were to arrest obama tomorrow there would be riots out in the street oh he's doing this it's partisan you know he's he's going after the liberals he's going after the democrats but if he went, were to arrest somebody that is supposedly i shouldn't say he but if the department of justice would arrest somebody that was um, a high profile republican or, or a rhino or whatever um, it would kind of set the stage to where um, he, people couldn't say that because he could always throw it back and say, well, the first person I arrested was, let's just say, Pence. You know, how can you say that when the first person that went was a, was a high-profile Republican? So um, do you guys have any ideas on that? I know, Eric, you keep up on Q quite a bit, as as do I, and, and I think you do too, actually, Jim, but go ahead. I actually like your uh, your analysis. I mean, what better way to start off with than, you know, someone you thought was, you know, on your side, but really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I know, uh, Pence is Roman Catholic and not that, that, not that that is everything, but no, uh-uh. I am, I am curious as to why he, Trump had chosen him to be VP, but well, doesn't but it, it, wouldn't it boil down to keep your friends closer, but keep your enemies, friends close, but your enemies even closer. Well, I, that's that's the only conclusion I can draw on it. Right. Um, though he wasn't doesn't look like he was like didn't look like during that funeral that he got the letter. His wife did, but maybe that doesn't matter. I you know I didn't really pay attention to um, uh, when the other people were getting it. Were they giving it to? I know Bush got one. Or did, or was it given to his wife first and then given over to Bush? I can't remember. No, I think um, Bush got it. I, uh, I know that. Uh, uh, well, who was it? Uh, Hillary opened it when it fell on, or opened up her folder when it fell on the floor. Jimmy Carter started looking and looked kind of disappointed that he didn't get one. Yeah, so. he looked disappointed, but I don't think you want one. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it was uh, yeah, it's just something was on that thing that just crushed Jeb Bush. It was. Uh, you know, it's it, you know the speculations go you know from here to eternity. You know, and, and we can speculate. Like Jim said, you know, you can't speculate. We can speculate all day the what ifs. You know, until we find out. Well, the, the proof would be the first arrest. Um, 
But I think after the first arrest, I think it's it's just going to be the that's going to be the pulling of the plug of the drain at the swamp, you know, and you're going to hear the sucking noise of the water going down and uh, and all these things that are living in the water being revealed, you know, and it's um, it's going to be a very interesting time. I think it's still a little too early. I think it'll be after November. Uh, but who knows? You know, it's it's hard to say. So um, so you, you have heard about that, huh? And, and uh you know the uh, the um, the high profile thing because I you know it's, it was pretty big last week with the Q posts and everything. So. Well, it says something about this this coming week here um, that a a boom will, will come. Right. So, what? However, you want to interpret that, I guess. So uh-huh. we're gonna uh, have to really wait until see what actually comes about. You um, mean the storm that uh, the whole world would hear? Well. Right. Uh, it just says that next week is boom boom week, whatever that means. Yeah, so. that, I think that's referring to the other time he had Q had said something about it, there would be a storm that the whole world would feel. Well, that would, I, was that would, reading, yeah. I was reading the other day and, and Trump posted because I, I get his Twitter feeds and in capital letters with four explanation points behind it, it he re, he posted uh, drain that swamp and. To me, it, it, it wasn't just like a saying, like it needs to be done. That was almost like it was command orders that were being put out. It is because it's it's, it's actually a reference back to um, a posting on Q. I know that. So right, and why why would he cancel his trip to Camp David this week to call all the generals together and all of his, his advisors? You know, right. So interesting times ahead, I guess, huh? It, it certainly will be. Yeah. I know it would it would make sense what you guys are saying, like in my military experience that I had, when, when you have a – when you're in a fortified position that's pretty strong and you have a, a company-sized attack coming directly at you, you take out the back people first because the ones that are charging all everybody's charging you they're not going to stop and turn around and look at what's behind them but if you take out start taking out the people closest to you first everybody in the back can see what's going on and they're going to make an adjustment to their plans and maybe go off to the side and try to outflank you so you want them to keep coming at you the only way to do that is you take out the people behind first progressively all the way up to the guy that's uh, up front and he's attacking and doesn't realize there's nobody behind him anymore yeah, it's called a pinch. Yes, and then, I think. And then yeah. you take out the big guy. So this is this is the way you would do it, so that n- you don't give your enemy any time to adjust or shift their strategies. They're still staying on the same strategy that is not working for them, and they just don't realize it isn't working for them because you're taking out the back first and then uh, going up to the front. Well, I think that's really what's going to happen. Is you know the, the yeah. real high-profile top people um, are going to find themselves in the situation eventually where all the apparatus of protection that they had around them in place, those people are all have, have all been either arrested or, or replaced, you know, and I'm talking all types of, you know, for example, judges and stuff like that and all levels of course and stuff like that. Um, them all replaced and, or, you know, special people that are in the CIA that help protect these people or, you know, assume that all those people are going to be removed or arrested. And then, then the, the big guns at the top are going to be, you know, Standing there with no protection. Yeah. Look at how look at how uh, re- unrelentless uh, Pelosi is, oh. or um, Como. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, now, now those are the people, Schumer. you know, yeah. or Schumer. Yeah. Now they're the ones they're in the front of the charge. Mm-hmm. And when everybody behind them is being taken out, then all of a sudden they get into the valley to, to, to take over the enemy thinking this is it, man, you know, we've got it. And then they turn around and go, where the heck is everybody? Yeah, really. Exactly. ya. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's part of the gameplay. And Trump has to do it that way. He's got people that are seriously wanting to kill him on both sides of the party, the left and the right. Yeah. And so he's got to be very cautious as how he does this. He's already had um, over 30 assassination attempts. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to, well, that's why he's got his own guards. You know, he's got... Um, uh, what the um, Secret Service, but he can't even trust them. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So he's no. got to have his own guards that he's, you know, and and when all else fails, you know, you guys know what to do. You take them out. <laughs> They're trying right. to take me out. Right. And uh, it's just the way he's got to play it. I mean, he's he's a lot of times when he says things that almost sound stupid or silly, he's doing it on purpose because he's given coded information to what the real plans are to those that are understanding it and following him. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes when he misspells words, he's exactly. actually doing that. He's actually doing that on purpose because he's sending a code to those that need to know updated information. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know it, but why? Where do we get it from? Well, we got it from Q. Where do we get Q from? Well, because I know God's plan, and I know that Q fits into that plan. Right. That's why I know. That's how I can tell. Well, how can you tell whether Q is? You know, my God. Guys, do this just as a joke, unless they've changed it just like they did with the CDC thing that we had done on a program a month ago. Um, look under Q, under Wikipedia. It gives you an exact opposite definition. This is a plan of people that are trying to uh, overrule and uh, destroy Trump. Really? That is not what Q, yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says about Q. I'm going, are you serious? That is so blind, dead, stupid. I can't believe you put anything down like that. Wikipedia is about as uh, uh, reliable as uh, Snopes. Snopes is paid for by the Democratic National Convention. They're a mom and pop living in an apartment, and they're supported by the Democrats to maintain um, the integrity of their agenda. So everybody thinks that Snopes is some kind of a, a research uh, truth fact-finding organization. It's BS. It's it's dirt on top of dirt, part of the swamp people. Um, I wouldn't. I'd rather stick my head in, in the toilet and drink out of it than to digest anything from them. Just like the CDC. When we were there that one time, we said, "Well, how come I can go down to the river and wave to the Canadian, and he can wave back to me, and we're breathing the same air, but they're re- they're being recovered and we're not? How can right. that be?" How come I can go to the Rio Grande and say, que paso, man, what's happening? And, uh, and I can shake his hand while I'm wading out through the Rio Grande water, and um, they're breathing the same air that we're breathing, and yet they're recovering and we're not. The very next day, guys, that's when they, you know, they eliminated all the information on the border towns of um, Mexico and United States, Canada and United States. You can't get any information on any border town now at all. They just got it completely blacked out. Now, that means they had to be listening to us, and I'm right. not surprised because, you know, we're not shy in what we do, and we have been doing it for, what, over 10 years. So, you know, we've been on the air. They got our numbers, so they're watching us just to see how crazy we're getting and, and, and to be able to turn it over. But for them to do a knee-jerk 
removal of everything the very next day. It's like, man, thanks. You just validated everything we said. Somebody on the CDC is high up and could make that thing say whatever it wants to say, whenever it wants to say. I sure don't want to believe them. Not. I got a, just a slight side story um, to, you know, them watching us. Um, yeah. I, uh, not that long ago, I bought a, a new TV. Nothing too great. Um, of course, there's smart TVs now. Mm. Anyways, uh, I had it in, in my bedroom, and it was turned off. But I remember I was laying there. I went had gone to bed. And I kid you not, I heard from that TV um, something to the effect, hey, he's asleep right now. Huh. <laughs> they forgot to turn the mic off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even though the TV was turned off, turned off but we all know that a, a smart TV is a two-way device. Right. Yep, absolutely. Audio and visual. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't. Uh, take too much to figure that out. So I thought I'd just point that out for the for the audience. So well, you know, uh, I did take I did take the TV and actually move it. We moved it downstairs into the lower level um, for the daycare. Um, so it's not in our room anymore. But um, interesting, right? Yeah. Well, you know, right. the, the thing is, some people are in our audience. Well, you know, what's so special about Eric? Why, why would why would they do that with him? I mean, you know, well, you know, I'll tell you what is so special. Um, he went on an expedition tromping out in the middle of the desert, in the Sonoa Desert, looking for the fortress of Anu with me. Um, he was willing to personally sacrifice to go out there to, to look for something um, because we were using uh, Dave Flint's uh, information and actually his book is a guidebook that takes us, took us through the, um, through the desert to certain locations. So I think Dave was marked by them. Um, it's a domino effect. They're watching everybody that's the most threatening people that are not just talking about this stuff. They actually go out and do something with it. And when they're personally sacrificing to do it, these are the potentially dangerous people. These are the doers. We don't sit here and read about history. We don't sit there and, and, um, um, record history. We go out and make it. Right. That's what's threatening to them. That's what makes uh, Eric maybe a little bit different. Here's a guy that's willing to, at his own expense, go out and pay a price to find something that the other people would say is just totally crazy, and he's committed to doing it. And the thing is, we did find everything we needed to find. We had it verified by the guy that was our guide in doing <laughs> so. So I mean, oh, I yeah. mean, it was awesome, you know. And so. That's to be taken serious. Yep. And my whole life of investigating all this stuff, God has made sure that I am right at the right time and the right place to experience history, to be an p- active part of it in all kinds of different things. When they were first had the first border uh, protests of the illegal immigrants demanding you know, rights and everything, I was living in, um, in uh, Roswell, New Mexico. And I was delivering mail to the border towns at El Paso and um, the Juarez area. And I was in the midst of all of this protesting. And it was my Hispanic Christian friends that gave me a clue what was going on. I'm, I can hear them, all those darn Mexicans, you know, and I'm, I'm in shock. I'm looking at them and said, but Tony, you're Mexican. What, they're just coming over here to get a better life, aren't they? He's all, oh, man, you, you got to, you know, and then he looked at this other guy, you know, a, a Christian. And we all went to the same church. We were at we were on the docks at the mail docks in uh, 
uh, Roswell Post Office, I was getting my truck filled up because I delivered uh, the mail to three other border town uh, post office along the Texas um, uh, New Mexico border. So, um, or not Texas, I mean, yeah, New Mexico, Texas, and Mexico border. So, um, they're laughing and they said, okay, get Whitey up to speed here. He, he's got, he's clueless, man. So they told me, he says, no, man, these guys, these guys are members of La Raza. They're members of uh, Micha, other organizations, Atslan movement. They're told to come in here and infiltrate us, uh, mainly through the drug gangs and the cartels in the major cities and everything. They're here and they, they hate us. They hate, and then you just pointed at me, they hate me more than anything else because I come over here illegally and they want back the property from before back in the 1840s. I said, seriously, there's, yeah, yeah. They have uh, been taught in school and everything that it's it's the white man's fault in in, uh, in the United States that stole their land, and now we're going to get it back. I said, you mean to tell me all these years? And then I got to thinking about the news and everything. Uh, in World War I, uh, we were concerned about Germany coming up through the Gulf to the Mexican Gulf because the Mexicans and the Germans signed a peace treaty, and the, the Mexicans were going to allow the U-boats to come in and land in Mexico to come up into the United States. World War II, same doggone thing. They have never let go of the fact that that's our property. We're going to do whatever we can to get it back. So they were always in cahoots. I'm going, oh, my God, this stuff is really, like, this is really real. Yeah. So I got to be there right, you know, firsthand to see all of it. I would have never, I would have thought, like, every, uh, uh, most Americans, we uh, we embrace freedom. We love freedom. We want people to be free. We realize we're the, the blessed country. So, we don't want to stop these people from coming over. They're just trying to make a better life. No, it really is the way some of this conspiracy stuff is is telling you. It really is that way. They really it's a are soft trying invasion. To, yeah, it's a soft invasion. Exactly. I would have never known that had I not been there myself. I so I understand why the majority of people are thinking that way, but it's a deception. The real truth is, no, they look at us as a hostile enemy. Right now. Um, and, you know, and this has a future reference also. This is why, you know, Trump is wanting to build a wall. Yeah, because we kind of need one. Mm-hmm. And Nehemiah, I mean, it's the same thing that Nehemiah did, you know, with uh, King Cyrus. You know, Nehemiah had to go and he had, a, a, you know, a weapon in one hand and he had uh, a shovel in the other hand. And he's building a wall while he's defending the, the thing from foreign infiltrators that wanted to take over from within. Right. Pretty much the same thing that um, Trump is trying to do. Well, you know, it's uh, all brainwashing, Jim, because when I when I went to Mexico, you know, I, I think it was when I went to meet Lourdes. Uh, my first wife was from Mexico, folks. If you yeah, didn't know that. right. Um, we were talking and um, hold on a second. We were ta- I was talking to some of her relatives and they were talking about the uh, the Mexican news and stuff like that. And and it was it was kind of like uh, <laughs> A Mexican version of CNN, and I said, I said that's interesting. I said, where do you get the news from? And she, they get, they said, uh, well, our news gets the news from CNN, which was no surprise. And so anyway, <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, oh, it's not good. And her uncle, um, I can't remember his name. He looked at me and he said, he goes, why isn't that good? And I, and I said, and you know, I said, uh, the, the news is communista. You know, in from CNN, and he was surprised by that. Well, anyway, so we get up, I, you know, we get married, and she comes up, and we're we're um, watching TV, and she said to me one day, she says, 
oh, it's a shame what, what the people down in Texas and stuff are doing to the Mexicans that are trying to get, get to the United States. And I said, what do you mean? And she, you know, she said, well, she heard on the news. I said, what, what news? And it was a, a channel called Azteca. And uh, I said, let's have a talk. <laughs> and she said, okay. And I said, okay, you and I, let's just say we're, you know, it's me and you, and we're enjoying dinner one night. And there's a knock on the door. And it's a family of people, you know, a mother, a father, and two kids. And we open up the door, and they just come right in. I said, would you like that? And she said, no. And I said, okay, not only that, um, they sit down and they eat, they just start eating our food. Would you like that? No. I said, okay, so, you know, being good Christians, we'll, we'll accept that. You know, they were hungry and we need to feed them. And um, So then I said, and then they decide, well, we're, you know, we're going to sleep in your bedroom, you know, and uh, you wouldn't like that, no. And I said, okay. And then, so then they decide, well, this isn't going to be a one night thing. This is going to be long term. And then they want us to buy them a car. They want us to feed them. They want us to uh, get a medical care. Uh, we have to pay for that. And would you like that? I said, that would kind of eat up all our resources, wouldn't it? She goes, yeah. And I go, that's what's happening, Nordis. I said, uh, people are coming in and they're being fed for free. They're being given free medical care. Um, they're being their their children are being schooled for free. They're taking jobs away from people that want them. And I know people are going to argue with that one, but it's true they are. Um, I knew kids in um, when I lived down in California, um, American kids that would go pick fruit in um, in the summertime where I, when fruit riped off the trees. And um, the minute that the uh, the illegal aliens found out about it, they complained about it, and the kids got fired. And illegal aliens got hired for less money. Um, anyway. So um, I said, that's what's happening. And that's and she goes, oh, I didn't know that. And see, so a lot of it is ignorance. You right. know, it's uh, they're they're brought up that way. Like you said, you know, they're they're raised with that notion. Um, no different than than white kids down south or black kids down south that are that are brought up to believe that the other race is evil and wicked. And, you know, they're out to, to rape your 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 wives and you know, seduce your your daughters and everything else. You know, it's uh, it's a mindset that people are given from birth and they don't know any different, you know. And, and the same with, you know, with, with the uh, the blacks sometimes, you know. Um, well, you know, uh, you can't trust Whitey. You know, Whitey's out to get you. Whitey wants to turn you into a slave again. And I'll tell you, when I was down in Mexico, on top of a skyscraper of all things, there was a billboard sign up there that had uh, it had Mexico and the United States and Canada, of course, and they had they had Mexico shaded uh, green, I think, or no red, and uh, uh, the United States shaded green. And Mexico extended its property all the way up to the border of Oregon. They took <laughs> on that billboard and that map. It was um, they had California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, and I think Colorado, and you know all the way up that way. So. It's it's definitely in the in the framework of of what they desire. So uh, and if you don't believe that, then when 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 and if it does happen, I don't think it will happen now. But um, you know you'll have to see with your own eyes when all of a sudden you're living in Mexico and you're not living in California anymore, uh, which which is almost the case <laughs> almost. anyway. Yeah. Or you or you could be speaking Chinese too. Yeah, that's true. With with eminent domain, I mean that's what Obama actually put. Uh, put the state of California as eminent domain so that if we ever defaulted from a loan from, that we had borrowed 
million billions of dollars from China, um, they had eminent domain on California. They wouldn't have to invade; they could just take it over by uh, uh-huh. uh, default on the on the things. So here's the here's the thing we could segue into, and that is uh, cleaning up the swamp. Where where do we go from here? What is it going to look like? What is going to happen? Especially, I think the coronavirus thing is a transitional pivot point for everything. There's going to be a post-world that we're going to live in, a new, um, how do they keep calling it, a new, our new reality or something like that. I, what did they call it? But there's uh, going to, The new normal. The new normal, yeah. But what, so what is the new normal? I do believe that one of the things we're going to see is that they're going to try to say that, look, we got through the Spanish um, uh, flu just like we did, you know, with this one. So, you know, we're we're going to make it. Everything is going to be the same as it ever was. This isn't the last days. We're not in. This isn't the apocalypse. We made a mistake. It's it's just uh, one other challenge that we got through and we always get through all these things. So everything is going to stay as the same as it ever was. And this will be the new thrust within fake news, within all of um, uh, trying to establish the new normal. Um, I've noticed that they had a major uh, interview with five different evangelical ministers. Now, they call them evangelical. I don't even know who these people are. They're probably from the first church of the what's happening now or something. But they weren't anybody that I was aware of or knew. But they had these five authorities. And they were giving all kinds of nice, warm, fuzzy, allegorical meanings to um, the whole purpose of the coronavirus and everything. Not one of those people said that we were in the last days. This was Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Not one of them. So this is a new trend, I think. They're going to try to dispel to the public. These aren't the last days. This isn't the apocalypse. We made a mistake. It's, it's Things are going to be normal. We got through the other one. We'll get through this one. The only reason that we were overwhelmed by this one, in contrast to the Spanish flu, the Spanish flu one took years to accomplish all the deaths that happened. What happened then, and this little tiny incident called World War I was going on, and uh, the ground point zero was in France. And guess where we were sending all of our troops over to France at ground point zero in combat? And so... Over the length of time, we're putting our own troops to fight a war, and they got contaminated and brought it back with them, the ones that survived. The rest of them had, were there and helped spread it through all of Europe into Canada, I mean, into um, England, from England to Canada, in, back into the United States. So there was multiple ways that this virus came in, but it came in over a stretch of a couple of years where with us – this happened in a matter of days. It seemed like this thing just jumped on top of us all at one time, like a trigger mechanism had launched all of this off. So it in, inundated our system. Our system couldn't hold it because that's the only difference. The deaths may not have been anywhere near as the same, but it was all happening overnight within days, yeah. and it just overwhelmed the system. That's what makes this different from the other one. But as fast as it came, is as fast as it's going to go away. And right. it is going to go away. There isn't going to be second wave. We know enough of other easy solutions, especially the fact, you know, the first time I can get to a live, um, uh, like a live session with my doctor, 
I'm going to have him check me out. I know that I've got, I know I had it twice. I know that my blood probably in a transfusion can in, immediately cure us up to many as 40 people. So I'm going to say, be a vampire me, man. Suck as much blood out as you can to get as many people healed. Because when the blood transfusions, overnight these people are healed and brought back home from right. almost death. Now, they're saying, well, we haven't done a uh, double-blind testing on it or anything yet. Well, have we done a double-blind testing on your vaccine yet, uh, Mr. Gates? No. And yet you're pushing it through. So until you do your double-blind testing on that, then you're going to then hold that back for as long as you're requiring us to have a double-blind. The thing is, once this person was a, a stone's throw away from death and now he's alive going home, yeah, totally that's all free the tests I need cancer. to see. That's, yeah, that's all the tests. <laughs> That's all the test. That guy tried to talk to him into uh, double-blind anything. He'll double-blind you right up with his fist in your face. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's I just. I don't know if you know this, but he was a very, very good friends with uh, Mr. Obama. There's actually a picture I out there. I saw that. Did I you saw see that the picture? picture. Yes, I yeah, did. The, folks, we're talking had... about a picture of, of a very young Bill Gates with a very young Barack Obama and a very young Michael, Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson. Yeah, not, my, not Michelle, Michael Robinson before yeah. before he Uh-oh. became a her. Oh yeah, that's quite a photo, man, and that's now, it's not photoshopped or anything. It's the real deal. I mean, it's like, oh, that's yeah. just this. And, ah, uh, it gets even I mean. better. It gets even better, Jim, because there's a picture out now of Bill standing next to Melinda Gates. No, actually, no, the picture is just Melinda Gates, and Melinda Gates always looked very androgynous to me. But Melinda Melinda Gates has the arms of a man, the legs of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm not kidding you. So, you know, he just followed suit with Barry Sorotoro and, uh, and got himself a, uh, a, uh, makeover? Tra- transgender, a make, a make, uh, a, a transgender makeover. girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> or whatever you would call, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so it must be the, it must've been the end thing to do back then, or even right now, you know, to, to prove to the, uh, the, the, uh, elites that you're, you're one, you're one of them, you know, you're, because no, no, Christian that I know of would ever stoop to that. Um, no Jew either, as far as I, well, you know, I mean, practicing Jew, let's put it that way. Um, or Muslim for that matter. I don't think we'd go for that, but, um, it's, uh, I'll have to find that picture and send it to you cause it's quite revealing. <laughs> it's funny. I seen it. Oh, well, the you know, they had a, yeah, they, they had a picture of, um, no, not the Melinda one. No, the other one. Um, they had a picture of uh, Obama, and they had a picture of King uh, Tutankhamun. And you look at it and go, oh, no, God, thank you. are you serious? But you know what? I can show you scripture where he plowed up the depth of hell, plowed up the depth of hell. This is in Job, and it's in conjunction with another scripture um, that is alluding to the fact that, that um, oh, and it's in Isaiah 14th chapter, yeah, Um that with cloning and manipulation, you know, if you had, a, let's say, a, a hair follicle strand of hair or bone marrow from a mummy, you could actually probably bring that thing back. And I'm going, my God, could he be Could he be part of that scripture being fulfilled? Because it talks about being repaired, that uh, these disembodied demons being repaired, put back into a physical body, and it was through the idea of cloning. I was talking to a gal that... Um, she's in research on the highest level of research, and she was trying to prove to me that it's impossible to have a um, 
uh, chemical, biological energy transferred or conformed into or, or interchanging with uh, electrical mechanical energy. And I said, no. And, and so she was showing me all of this. And I'm, we had a long dialogue on my Facebook page on this. And she's quite an expert. I mean, she is in the top research. She's no novice by any means. She's got a good formal education, probably top in her field. And so she's explaining all this stuff. And I said, look, I said, I understand that you are being told that this is pure science, real science. I said, but you don't realize how many other people have told me that the, a hollow earth is impossible, and these were experts in their fields, that time travel is impossible. These were experts in their fields. But I said, I, I said uh, maybe a pun intended, I have information that trumps all of them, and that is I know what the Word of God says. I know from going back to the original languages and looking from a 21st century perspective, you're wrong. There is a hollow earth. There is a... Um, uh, time travel is possible, and the interfacing of mechanical and uh, biological energies is possible because a definition of a soul is a sentient being. If you have artificial intelligence that becomes sentient, whether it's silicone-based or carbon-based, it is now a sentient being. It has a soul. You're not just uploading zeros and ones. You're uploading, you're uploading a soul. Right. into something that doesn't have one. I said, this is what the Bible says is going to happen, has happened, and will continue to happen. When And I said, and you better be careful in what you're teaching, because you're going to be held accountable to God. Any other time, this would be trivial pursuit stuff that didn't matter. Now it's a matter of life and death. You could be steering people off from knowing a vitally important thing that could mean eternal life or eternal death. So you better be careful. I said, please, be prayerful. And take the time. There's no shortcuts, but be prayerful about this and be aware of your, that you're going to be held accountable for what you give out as truth, especially in these last days. If you steer clear people from vital information they need to know, uh, what you think is science is not science. It's the same smoke that's been blown up all of us to keep us from the truth. And it's not true because the Word of God has to stand true. And if the Word of God tells me that these things are happening, they are happening in spite of what you might you don't personally believe. So right. seriously consider it because your what you're teaching has eternal ramifications for far too many people. I never heard an answer from her for uh, or anything, and that's probably a good thing. I hope not because the way I answered, if she would have answered anything else, I would have wondered if she lived under a bridge and was a troll right. waiting for the right time and place to cause disruptions on my own you know, page. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't, so that's good. Maybe she'll take it to heart. Maybe she'll realize... Wow, I'm a victim of right. of uh, dirt of swamp people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there, are, you know, that's that. Basically, anywhere, all we can do is pray that people wake up. You yeah. Know? You know, I. You know, um, our one of our listeners um, has been chatting back and forth with me, and um, and she was talking about. Um, so let me go back up here. Um, something having a new age. Um, uh, okay, here. Um, oh, there was a movie called Plandemic. I think you were talking about that, Jim, at one time. Yeah. Um, and she yep. said that it, it, te- it tends to have New Age um, overtones to it. Is that true? It does, because the person that was um, that made this movie is looking at it from a, um, a New Age perspective. But that person does understand all the stuff about Trump. 
she sees it as being real. Only she sees it as this is, you know, Trump is setting up this whole, almost like he's setting up the whole millennial reign. Right. And so she does look at it from a new age perspective, but she hits everything is right on with accuracy on everything that she says. But her conclusion is wrong because she doesn't understand God's way. This is only for three and a half years that there's going to be this interim period of peace. Then right. the pendulum's going to swing the complete opposite way. She doesn't see that coming. She doesn't understand it because she doesn't know the plan of God because she doesn't even know God himself. I'm amazed that the woman even was able to put all this together. So she has a partial truth as standing as a stranger outside of knowing God intimately. Yet for a person to have that much perceptive ability, how amazingly powerful this woman is going to be when she does have a personal relationship with Christ. So if we don't all just jump on her and beat her up for being a new age fruit loop or whatever, and if we can Mm -hmm. love her into the kingdom, she's already halfway there. She just doesn't realize it. So instead of attacking her, be the Jesus that she's never seen, and she's going to know that it's all real. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of us, um, when before we came to, to faith in Jesus, uh, we had weird things happen in our lives. We had kind of puzzling dreams, and <clears throat> you know, and, and yep, yep. sometimes visions and stuff like that. And it wasn't always created by LSD or meclizine or anything like that. Um, not meclizine. That's a drug. I'm trying to can't think of the word right now, but mescaline. mescaline. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> there, I think the gift is there um, a little bit yeah. before. I mean, it could be used in bad ways. And I think that's where psychics and and things come from because they tap into the wrong route. But, um, you know, the, when we get saved, it's it's just a confirmation. It's, um, uh, a, you know, the, what we had before was a confirmation of that we were going to. We could we could take either one or two roads, you know, and hopefully, you know, if if you're listening and you're and you have dreams and visions and you don't know Jesus, then uh, you know, people might think you're wacky and stuff like that. I know they they always thought that of me, but um, you know, you got two roads you can choose. You can go the New Age route, or you can um, you can go the, uh, the 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 correct path, you know, the straight and narrow path. Um, you know, guys, the, well, another thing that I find a little bothersome and, and, you know, it's probably the same thing is that, uh, the, the Q movement uses the, the awakening of people as the great awakening. And that is definitely a new age term. Um, they were using that term way before Q was around. So I, again, I think it's an innocent thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a trendy thing. It's, it's something I, that makes a lot of sense when you hear it. Go ahead, Jarek. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you're you're trying to identify with an audience, and that's that's a term they're gonna, right? You know, understand. Right. But you know, well, for example, I mean, there's there's stuff on Q that you know. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Um, you know. Uh, well, it's definitely example, it's not always Q. It's a lot of times it's people that listen to them and put it their yeah. own spin on it. Well, know? it's just like that. You know, Q responds. We're we're we are ready to unleash hell or hit. Get the memes ready, you know. So using right. the word hell, you know, and it's it's kind of a little bit of profane to some degree. Obviously, understand what they're saying, but it's it's identifying with an audience that's you know, you know, right. a lot of people are going to be a little more rough around the edges. So I understand it, you know. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily agree. You know, there's another way to say it from my right. standpoint, but as rough as people are around the edges and stuff like that, they will identify with it. So, yeah. well, you know, we, you know, uh, 
they uh, there's a lot of instances like uh, you could I don't I, I use when I use the term for born again I was born of the Holy Spirit because you could talk to somebody and say I'm born again New Agers use that term all the time you know they they have a born again experience too except it's with the um, oh what's that? the Kundalini Spirit instead of the Holy Spirit and um, so there there are crossover words. You know, just like um, even symbols for for years, this, the rainbow was a symbol of God's covenant with the with between man and and God that He would never destroy the earth again with water, and and then you know back in the 80s and stuff, it was adopted by the homosexual community, and and now it's you know you, you look at a rainbow and uh, I, I I I identify it more with them than I do with God's promise, which is wrong. Yes, you know. that's exactly right. Well, here's here's something that that people are not understanding. Wouldn't wouldn't you say by all the signs that we this is the apocalypse? Right. Right. Uh huh. Okay. What does the word apocalypse mean? The unveiling, you know? or revealing, or revealing, the, or revealing the un- of something. The unveiling, the lifting of the veil. It's it's a revelation. It's an awakening. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it means. It's an awakening. An awakening to what? One of the last words of the last program of the last um, installment, you might say, a series, uh, a prequel, a prequel to prequel, uh, is where uh, the Star Trek Discovery ends up existing outside of time, and they rearrange time to set it on its proper course. And so the reason they had to do that, and the last words that were said on that is so true. It said, when the future becomes the past, the present is revealed. Right. That when you think about that, when and then you see the predicament that we're in, the this war in heaven that we were always told happened some ancient time in the past, uh, even pre-Adamic, hasn't happened yet. This is what CERN is going to bring to pass. It's going to bring us outside of a um, linear existence into an eternal realm. Now. Because of that, the future is going to create the past. And because the future has created the past, the present has to be revealed for what it really is in this paradoxical situation. we got to understand what the paradox is that put us here so that we know how to get back out of it. Mm-hmm. Because there's only one way. When Jesus hung on the cross, he says, it is finished. Literally, space, time, everything that the enemy had planned on doing will never work ever again. The paradox had been repaired at the death of Jesus Christ on the cross when he said, it is finished. So, and it was three days of darkness. That's weird. Oh, I love it because it's going to happen again. Oh, I love it. And the paradox, the biggest paradox, God says he looks down and mocks and laughs at the attempts of man. Well, the attempts to usurp him. The created will never surpass the creator. So he's going to mock it. How does he mock it? By imitating. So Satan has this great grand plan. They think that like uh, like Groundhog Day, they can keep coming back and, and getting it right. Or like what's that other um, one that Tom Cruise um, was in? It was called um, – it's where he got this alien blood on him or something, and it caused him to go back. He could replay everything and know the strategies, and he perfected it so that he was eventually, eventually able to defeat the alien just by replaying. Satan, in his own deluded mind, thinks that's what he's doing. He's going to keep replaying everything until he gets it perfectly 100% right, and that's never going to happen. It ended at the cross. That was his undoing forever. So knowing that, 
we're studying the effects of people that don't win. They fail. So all their plans are never going to come to fruition. They are, we're studying the plans of losers. They lost, we won. So right. that needs to be ingrained into us so deep that when CERN fires up this next time, they are promising that there's going to have double the capacity that they ever used before. Something more is going to happen. Literally, they're laminating parts of the pit over our own reality, like a parallel, altered, dimensional kind of a thing. It's real, right. it's scriptural, it's biblical. So this next time, they're going to have it be in a double whammy. So they're anticipating, I think, a total breaking of this electromagnetic grid line that holds us into a linear existence is going to pop. We're going to be actually in the tribulation period. It's going to start. Mm -hmm. So I'm all I'm saying is a trigger happens. Is that trigger going to be visible? Or are we going to notice it? We may not. It may. Yeah, not. that's that's what I'd be most curious with, Jim. See, you know, well, yeah, it, it could be exactly. three or four years down the road until we actually see the man. See the full effect of it. Effect. Right, right. I mean, it could. I don't know. I, the only thing yep. I don't want to do, I don't want to join the Herald Camping, I guess, the, yep. the, name, the name and the no date. No date setting. The, right. I'm not going to do that. I'd be stupid if I did because it says you're not going to know. So I'm going to stick with that. I don't know. I do know that the Lord told me that this year something is going to be a trigger for me that I've waited for for 24 years to finally happen. It's going to happen. So whatever that is, I'll let God fill in the blanks. I'm just going to have to be like everyone else, be patient and wait. But you know what? We only got... We only got four months to wait. Four months? Heck, I've been waiting 24 years. I can wait another four months. That's easy peasy, man. Cool with me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> pumpkin oh, time. Pumpkin it is pumpkin time. time. It, it is. Pumpkin. Huh. Hey, How it's about... been a pretty good show, I think. You know? I, I, I think, think so, uh, too. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, <laughs> the swamp. Hey, the plug's going to be, and we'll find out what that, who that plug is. It's going to be pretty cool, pretty exciting, whatever it is, whoever. Yeah, the but, sucking uh, now noise is going to be wonderful. <laughs> boy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, very good, whoever did that. I did that. <laughs> oh, you're really good at that. Forgot, I used to have a Ford to... pickup truck, and they that's what they do with gas, so I got really good. <laughs> but you forgot the most important part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, man, that's you guys are really good at sound effects. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Years of practice. More right? often. Years well, of practice. I have to be. You, you, need, you need to incorporate those into, uh, you know, future radio shows. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd love to. I, I, I'd love to do that. That's where um, all the tour that I was going to have earlier got canceled. I guess he got busy or I don't know what happened. Anyways, it was good because, you know what, the technology I thought I had isn't there. It's not going to work. I'll have to refigure something else out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I sent you guys a picture. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, oh no, I didn't. Uh, I sent you a picture of Melinda Gates in a dress. Not pretty, um, <laughs> unless unless you guys like guys in drag. But um, anyway, it's uh, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch this whole thing play out, and um, we'll uh, you know, like you said, it it may make itself evident. Uh, we may, you know, there may already be people arrested that we don't even know about. You know, there's some people have been pretty quiet. We haven't heard from them for a long time. So um, maybe maybe some people are sitting down in Guantanamo right now. We don't even know about it. But wouldn't it wouldn't the COVID-19 be a wonderful way to of uh, of uh, people going away and and having a, an excuse that would uh, not make the not make Trump culpable or even seem culpable? Oh yeah, you know, yeah, oh, they yeah. died of COVID. You know, 
Oh, okay, yeah. So it's kind of like the Rommel effect then. Yeah, yeah. And some of them yeah. will be that way. They'll they'll yep. just announce they died of COVID. That's how they. And then there's going to be on someone else that is the, maybe the uh, special surprise guest for uh, running uh, as a running mate in 2020 with Trump. We all know who that could be, and that's oh. what a what a perfect way to make a mockery of of uh, the people that are trying to usurp him. Yeah. For the man, for the man that first started to get to, to tear down this uh, industrial military organization that um, what was it Eisenhower warned of, right? And Kennedy was the first one to initiate actual actions to try to put a stop to it. Of course, they put a stop to him. Yep. Little John John and his wife. Yeah. My goodness. Right. By the way, guys um, and audience, uh, if you have a chance, if you have a way to download YouTube videos, I would suggest that you start downloading everything you possibly can. I just went to look for some videos yep. about Judy Mikovits, and yeah, three of the they're, four, they're, they're all gone. Yeah, they're, they're censoring and shutting them all down. Except for the ones I have on my hard drive. <laughs> right. <if you're> already, <laughs> yeah. And... Yep. Uh, and also, um, if you get a Dropbox account, you can actually make a link to that, and um, you can uh, you can post everything you want to all day long and, until they develop the power to to rob you from your Dropbox Dropbox account. That's hard to say. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, if you can, for even if it's for historical reasons or to show your grandkids so they don't think you're totally whacked out, um, <laughs> you know, or even your kids. Uh, just uh, just do that because things are disappearing at an alarming rate, and they'll come back probably after all this is over. But it'd be nice to have it to, to show your your friends and your family that that totally don't are aren't on board. I mean, if you have it in the words of the people that are saying it, and it's in a video, it's kind of hard to dispute. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Closing prayer, anybody? Yeah. Okay. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord. There are so many variables, so many challenges to discovering the truth, yet your word says that if we will seek you with our whole heart, we will find you. Help us, Lord, to listen to your word that says, sufficient is the evil today thereof. Um, Let us not try to fill in the blanks with expectations, whether they be hopeful or whether they be false, whether they be, um, there's just too many too much instability in the institutions, the politics, the things of this world. Help us to get more and more detached from them and help us to know your plan, Lord. Help us to see clearly what your plan is so that we can have stability, so we can have discernment, so we know when to take action and when to not take action, so we know when to speak, how to speak, uh, and where to speak. Lord, that we might choose our battles. We're having a separation of goats and sheep, wheat and tare. Lord, help us to have our walk with you in faith. Help us to know your plan and know it so well that we have the discerning to dig it through and know the gold from all the dirt. It's getting, Lord, so we can't trust anything but you or anyone but you. So right. please lead, teach our audience. Teach them how to find out what your plan is. Teach them how to make the right decisions to follow you, to be faithful. And to know how to do it circumspectly, you said to uh, for us to consider all things. Lord, you told us to occupy until you come. And that means to continue on with our mundane day-to-day activities and lives as if you were going to not be here for a thousand years. And yet with the hopeful expectation it could be tomorrow. 
Right. And we've seen how things could change so quick over one day even. So, Lord, help us to be in tune with your spirit, to be led by your spirit, and to be following you, Lord, in your mighty and precious name. Amen. 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 Okay, folks, see you next Monday. Guys, stay on for a second, okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, folks, have a good week, and uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next Monday. God bless.